Cloud Stadia podcast right here on youtube.com forward slash Helix Cloud Games or up there on your digital podcast preference of choice. You're joining myself, Chris, your host for this week's episode alongside the man of many pixels, Mr. Richie. You know what, Chris? Me and you are probably sat down right now having a beer at Tom's wedding. Got to get that in there straight. I mentioned before, remind me to bring it up. And you know what? What a better chance to remind me. Yes, this episode goes live on our lovely fellow co-host, the techie teacher himself. He's getting married today, folks. So first and foremost, before you like, before you subscribe, before you click that bell, head over to Twitter, at AdaxisLP, and show Tom some love. It's the big day. It's an important part of his life. We miss him also daily, but also we'll probably be very, very drunk right now, celebrating, dancing, and everything in between that goes on at a wedding. We can't wait. We, we say, look forward to it. We say very drunk. This show comes out at 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't intend to be very drunk. Hey, at eight you know, in the I morning. start my days certain ways when it's an important date. It's an important date. Um, but big things ahead. We can't wait. Let's celebrate all of the gaming video game news alongside. Tom and Holly's celebration. Shout out to you guys. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you all. We've got big news on the Tomb Raider front, the Max Payne front, and Need for Speed front. That's right, three massive games are on their way back. Will they be coming to Stadia? That's a different conversation we're going to break down alongside all of the gaming news, updates from the Stadia blog regarding free trials, uh, some showcases coming this summer, some blog updates from games that are also on the horizon, a little bit of controversy, of course, as always. And we'll be breaking all that down in this week's show, episode 133. As I mentioned, like, subscribe, share, do all that magical stuff that you wonderful people out there do. The hundreds and hundreds of you, sometimes thousands, who watch and tune in every week, however you consume our Helix content. And a special shout out as well to our Helix heroes. We've got over 50 of you who subscribe, support the channel that extra little bit further. And we need to take a pause this week to celebrate you guys because three of you have passed the magic one year mark. That's right. Helix heroes not only get early access to side quests, you get stickers, you get badges, you get loads of little perks in between. And we love you all the more for your continued support. So shout out to Sarge, Simon, also known as the Fable God Packer, and Steve Nelson for your patronage. That's 12 months. That is a lovely little box of stadios you have next to your name in the chat right now. Uh, we are also aware that there is 14 of you on 11 months. So give it a week or two and we'll probably be celebrating a bunch, bunch more of you being an, a, an honorary year old Helix Hero. Round of applause for you. It's always supported, appreciated. Uh, and we love you all the same. And if you do want to join the squad... 99p below, early content, why wouldn't you? And it shows me, Richie and Tom, a little bit more love as we look to extend and grow the channel because as I've mentioned a few times, we mentioned a few times, Richie, we've got big plans. We've got some plans yeah, later on in the year, um, which we'll keep it under, under lock and key, as they say, uh, for now. But we'll get into all that as time goes by. Uh, Richie, kicking things off, yes. we played World War Z this past Thursday. We, we were back did. with a live stream. We keep promising live streams. The last few weeks we've had to cancel, but we, we were back and the game actually came out. There were some people that I saw on like social media going, oh, we got promised this pro game and didn't come out. It came out when we expected it to. Yep, if you actually read the blog post properly. And it was great. It was. It ran smoothly. Apart from um, Deshaun. Yeah, Deshaun, our NPC counterpart who joined us. Um, with, not not by our choice, but uh, yeah, we had some really good laughs with the game. Uh, no, by no means is it AAA polished perfection, yeah. 
But you know what? It's hordes of zombies. It's fun with friends. Uh, we will get into it as one of the topics of the show, but uh, we'll definitely be back for more. So if you're a World War Z fan, if you're playing online and you're struggling to find players, uh, check out the channel on Thursdays or sometimes Fridays or maybe even another random day. We kind of squeeze them in where we see fit. Uh, we might actually have one later this week because I'm off this week. So once I've recovered from the wedding... Uh, I might jump on and, and do some kind of stream as well uh, in my downtime. Uh, but yes, World War Z Aftermath, check it out on the channel. It's our first look and also we work fully through episode one. So there's, there's plenty of content in there. And of course, my internet, my internet cut out just before the end uh, as well, frustratingly. So it is split up into two videos, but just go check out the first one. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, in the meantime, though, Richie, before we get into it, just quickly touching in what you've been playing. Um, Horizon still. Um I have made progress. It feels like I've been playing for a long time, but not actually getting that much done in, mm. the, in the game. But last night I did stay up quite late and um, made quite a bit of progress, How late? which is actually why I'm ever half free. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize the time. You know when you just like into it. Like we we were we were talking about one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I stayed up like, till half two, so I don't know what I'm yeah. chuckling about. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I just got I just got back into another story mission. And I looked at the clock and went, "Oh, I should go to bed." <laughs> like probably, yeah. So which is why I'm on this right now. Yo ho, yo ho, the game is life for me. Uh, yes, I'm on the cusp of the platinum. I've got one trophy to go, and then I'll be pivoting over to the Lego Skywalker saga. Can't wait. I'm going to have my brother around for some beers this week, and we're going to get into some classic multiplayer. Uh, Lego action uh, over on Stadia I've been chipping away at FIFA a little bit more again I think same as you Richie just jumping in every yeah, every yeah. now and again uh, getting a game or two and of course World War Z Aftermath uh, I'm, I'm kind of itching to get back and play more of that because I had an absolute blast with it it's just juggling other things and I think once Horizon's out of the way that's the big one although I am hearing Lego Star Wars is like another 70 hours to get the Platinum so it's like okay but well it's it's nine games effectively yeah yeah very true um, and obviously decades worth of, of movies but uh, there's not much on the horizon for this summer I've, I've listened to a few yeah. gaming podcasts this week and the months are looking quite barren actually going ahead yeah there's a lot of games that have just come out over the last like two three months hmm and then it's going to be, I think that we're in a bit of a lull going into the summer when we're going to start getting things like um, Summer Games Fest where we're probably going to hear more about what's happening in the back end of the year. We but I think well. Lego Star Wars is one of them where I think you could probably just go, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play through episode one, move to another game, then you go back to episode two. You, I think you can probably okay, break okay. it up like So that. key question then before we move into yeah. the news, would you start at episode one? Um... I have no idea. Because uh, uh, the, do, the, do you even have a choice? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's broken up into the three trilogies, the three hub, and everything's got its hub world. But they, the developers explicitly said before, you can start at A New Hope and work your way through yeah. them, then go back. Because obviously they're all contained stories, like movies as such. So, yeah. But are you going to be a purist and go New Hope onwards? Or are you going to well, go chronologically? I'm probably going to get a lot of shit in the chat for saying this is... I think for anyone watching new to Star Wars, you start at episode four. You do four, okay. four to six, one to three, um, seven to nine. That's the order of release. Yep. But if you're a veteran of Star Wars, I think starting at episode one makes a bit more sense okay. because they start in chronological order. Okay. Because you already know the story, you already know the characters. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna suddenly go, yeah. oh my god, pod racing. What? <laughs> What's this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get yeah, that. So, but okay. I think if you're new to Star Wars, I'd say start at four. If you're a veteran, I'd say start at one. You don't want to start at seven? <laughs> you, start, in fact, no. Be crazy. Start at nine, work your way back. 
yeah, that's that's how we all consume content. If you're gonna uh, do crazy orders, crazy, crazy, absolutely. Uh, do let us know in the comments below what sequence you think I should start the game in. What sequence you should think is the true way to uh, even watch the movies as well because kind of that's a bit controversial now uh, I love the prequels for what they are but yes uh, let us know in the comments below it's not a trap don't worry uh, hopefully we'll get some Lego games eventually on Stadia I know we've been shouting about they'll be the perfect I know we love outright games but there's something different that hits different with the Lego game so we'll see we do actually have a story relating to Lego in the news later on just as an industry scope story so uh, we'll get into that Richie but let's wrap it there don't forget like subscribe comment follow share do all the amazing things you guys do to help other people find our stadia content uh, there's some wonderful creators out there in the in the world and uh, if you want to share their kind of passion for cloud gaming like we do always try and do a retweet for not just us just everyone out there the amazing people sunny the guys over at stadia source uh, rock who else we've we got richie throw some names in there it's been a while clive illandin does his monday stadia chat still I've stole all oh, the good ones from you. It, it, it's yeah, you have. Um, it's not even just the guys who just who do video content. You've got a lot of guys who do things like in lead with his pro mm. his pro game on uh, like original penguin who does this like Adam who does all pixel the sound pixel stuff. All the guys of Stadia Source and Cloudy and Cloudy. Like it's not just the video content stuff. It's every there's content creators in ways different forms and all very very useful. Indeed, and very good there people. is. Yeah, there is. Obviously, John. John Scarswell, Ninja X, Stadium yeah. Kicking Off. I was listening to a little bit of that night with the developer interviews. Uh, so many amazing people out there doing amazing stuff on their own back, we should say, as well. A lot of this is just a hobby uh, or a, or a fan, fan kind of run thing, of a passion project as such. So go show them some love. It's, it's always good to do. Of course, on a day of wedding bells and celebrations, Richie, go show the people who you watch, you consume some extra love and uh, show them some support. Buy them a coffee if you can. I don't like coffee. Anyway, moving on, Richie. Take a swig of your Monster Energy drink and introduce us to the... Pause, because he's took a special swig. The Super Sexy Special Stadia Story... Uh, the Super Sexy Special Stadia Story segment. Glug, glug, glug. The news. The news. <laughs> you said take a drink, so I went for it. I was like, oh, no. I thought yeah. you were going to give me a pause. There. No, no. It's, it's, all, it's all for the for the shits and giggles. Uh, we have a great show. Full of full chock of news. I actually can't wait to get into this week. Uh, just stacking the deck. The dock, not the deck. Uh, for the start of the show, uh, as the week was trickling over, I was thinking there's not much news uh, coming through. The community blog was quite weak this week. Lol. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, the industry at large doesn't stop. Uh, story number one for this week's show. Tomb Raider is coming back, Richie. The amazing team over at Crystal Dynamics have announced that they are making a new Tomb Raider game, another entry in the franchise, making uh, using the Unreal Engine 5, which has just gone into kind of like open open play um developers crystal dynamics have confirmed what we can in you already it's been the 25th anniversary for tomb raider all year wrong uh, all year long um they've announced the new engine translates to next level storytelling and gameplay experience and that's why we're thrilled to announce today that we've just started development on our next tomb raider powered by unreal engine 5 our goal is to push the envelope of fidelity and to deliver the high quality cinematic adventure experience that fans deserve from both crystal dynamics and the Tomb Raider franchise. We can't wait to play this journey together. Uh, of course, Crystal Dynamics previously made the 2013 Tomb Raider reboot. They also uh, did the amazing Rise of Tomb Raider, which was the follow-up, uh, before handing it over to Adios Montreal to do the kind of the, the wrap-up of the trilogy, which is Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Arguably the weakest of the three. It's kind of... I always feel like with the third one, Shadow, it's almost got like a Batman Origins kind of vibe where it was handed off to a different I studio... They didn't really build on the success of the second one. 
in it almost bookended the trilogy yeah. in like a weird a weird way. So I'm hoping this means Tomb Raider's back with a bang. What do you think? I haven't actually played Shadow yet. Um, oh. It's on my list of games I want to play. Um, I'm glad. I'm really glad for this news. To be honest, first mm. of all, Unreal Five looks amazing. So this is probably going to be by far the prettiest Tomb Raider we've ever seen. Oh yes. I'm also glad for Crystal Dynamics because I know you like the Avengers game, <laughs> but I felt that. I just didn't ever feel that was the right fit for Crystal Dynamics because the Tomb Raider games are these awesome linear narrative-driven games, mm-hmm. and then to try and okay, what you're going to do is a persistent, persistent online multiplayer experience, and I just don't think they ever, I just don't think they landed it. And the best things about the Avengers game was the single-player stuff. It's where they're strong. So it's just going back to Tomb Raider is just them playing the strengths, and it's like, yes, please, this is going to be. I, I fully expect this to be an amazing game. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the the whole reboot trilogy is like my perfect type of game. As my favorite, one of my favorite franchises yeah. is the Uncharted franchise, and it kind of was Tomb Raider begot begat Uncharted, Uncharted begat the Tomb Raider reboot, and it kind of went full circle with it all, taking yeah. taking liberties from each other. Um, but yeah, we played one of the first, like, if if not the full, first full live stream we did as a channel back when it was sound, just Sounds of Stadia, was the yeah. 2013 reboot. It was one of the first games to launch on Stadia. And even by standards then, the game was probably, what, five, six, seven-year-old? And we said how gorgeous it looked running back then, like three years ago now. And yeah, Unreal 5, I can't wait to see what they do with it. And, and you're kind of right with, with Avengers, unfortunately. Uh, I'm a massive fan of Avengers. I do think it's got more legs. I think the Spider-Man stuff kind of shook them a little bit i think they haven't announced a roadmap for this year you don't know what disney's plans are with it because it is their like that's their massive franchise do they let it go do they double down on it does it go free to play there's, there's a lot of stuff up in the air with i Avengers. think with this news of um tomb raider i think this is the that's it's game over for it it's the end game of avengers oh. i think it's um it's i just don't think my issue with it is the multiplayer i just don't think was well thought through I, I, it just hmm. it just seemed very very basic like it was all very rinse and repeat just listen or you do missions to get better gear but you got better gear so you could just do mi- similar missions on a harder difficulty I just didn't find there was no real hook for me there it's like so it's like I've enjoyed it when new story content's dropped hmm. out we'll play for a couple of hours but then I had after okay I've played for that story I had absolutely there's nothing in that game that made me want to keep coming back yeah well we know even from I think it was an investors call uh, the middle of last year where Square Enix themselves actually came uh, sorry um, yes yeah, Square Enix publishers came out and said we probably need to give the, the correct studios the correct projects and I think that was them admitting that that Crystal Dynamics were not the right team to do a multiplayer game because credit where credit's due. The Avengers campaign with Kamala Khan, really good. fantastic. The Black Panther hey, DLC, can... fantastic. But you're totally right. Yeah, the end, the end game. Model I've, always, I've always said if you can pick up Avengers quite cheap, if you get for like fifteen quid, it's worth paying for that campaign. Yeah, and um, then playing through some of the online story content. But yeah, it's just like you know, when I always think of like MMOs, like World of Warcraft and Destiny. You're going out. You're getting better gear. Why are you getting better gear? To so you can do new content that yeah. is interesting. Yeah, exactly. But you just didn't. Ha- I don't think you had that in Avengers. Yeah, it was just all rinse and repeat. Usually with just like a different skin over the world. Indeed, indeed. A sh- it's a shame. It ha- that game had potential, but 
It did. And uh, Crystal yeah. Dynamics as well, we should say, they're currently working with uh, Microsoft and the initiative on the yeah. um, Perfect, Perfect Dark. Dark remake, So, which we, which we spoke about on the podcast many, many episodes back now. Bit of an odd choice. And yeah. it's it's interesting because I know I asked Shadow of the Tomb Raider is probably the, the the least best received, but they're still all up there as like a standard quality, like beautiful, gorgeous games, fun gameplay, good solid story. Um, and then we know Idos Montreal uh, then went from Shadow of the Tomb Raider to make Guardians of the Galaxy, which was one of my I think it might have even been my game of the year last year, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Great contained story. And Guardians of the Galaxy could have easily been implemented in an Avengers-style team mechanics multiplayer online, and they didn't go that way. And I was thrilled to see they didn't go that way. So there's some quality story writers over at Crystal Dynamics and, and Square Enix as, as a whole. Um, this past week, actually, they just announced that one of the Days Gone directors, uh, PlayStation exclusive Days Gone, uh, one of the leads, he's just moved over to start working for Crystal as well. So there's extra creative juices coming at the studio, and I cannot wait to see what they put into practice. Um, I do need to ask though, Richie. Having obviously you, you've played two, haven't you? You've played Tomb Raider reboot, yes. Rise. Uh, not right, Shadow. No, no, Rise. Right. Not Shadow. Sorry. Yeah. If they numbered them, this would be a lot easier. Um, I do need to ask then. Do you think this will be a another reboot or a follow on from the the last well, trilogy? There have been talks about them trying to like bridge the gap between the reboot trilogy and the original games. Mm-hmm. So I think this might be the one that does it. So I think this will be a continuation of the Lara we know from the reboot trilogy, yeah. where I think she'll start off where the, the Lara we know from Shadow, but probably end up closer to the Lara we know from the original Tomb Raider. I think this might be the game that bridges that gap. That Yeah, that could yeah. be an interesting approach. They kind of melt, like mould the two together. Yeah, because in the original games, like Lara's already this experienced character like this experienced um, mm-hmm. Tomb Raider um, this adventurer sort of uh, archaeologist historian sort of uh, character in the reboot trilogy this is kind of like especially in the first game like Lara's just a person really at yep. the start of the game she becomes the, the closer to the Lara Croft you know it's like in our stream there is a playlist in our channels if you want to go watch it oh, there is, definitely um, recommend we had it. that Tomb Raider bitch moment where yeah. she gets the dual pistol at the end sorry yeah. for the spoilers like so, that's what the first game is about. It's like that. So I think this might be like by the end of this game. This is the now the Lara you know. Yeah, we. Know. I, I can all, I can see her actually at this game ending with her in like the full on iconic outfit from the first games, like the blue tank top, the short shorts, the dual pistols, the Lucas in. I think that's where we end up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running yeah. from the dogs in that terrible like PS1 graphics uh, yeah I, she might even put, she might even put down the boat at the end of this game she might she might because um, the, the um, reboots are all about it's, the boat's an iconic weapon for her in the mm. reboots but it's the dual pistols in the in the older games yeah. so there, there is again there's an absolute wealth of stuff they could delve into I know the, the reboots have kind of dabbled in the the mysterious and the ethereal yeah. like sci-fi mythical kind of realm and let's remember some of the older the older uh, Tomb Raider games have like dinosaurs in them. So yeah, well, the first game famously has the T Rex. Yeah, exactly. So there's stuff they can lean into. I do really hope they do keep this this incarnation of Lara because I think Camilla Luddington, yeah. who does the voice work, absolutely oh, phenomenal, great. terrific. And I think she's it was, more of a character now yeah. rather than just a thing that you're playing as. Yeah, exactly. Um, she again, that's what you get from like great mocap work and an actual solid character development story. 
and I'd be I'd, I think it would just be a shame to just reboot it and kind of redesign maybe and start from scratch because the gameplay is phenomenally uh, well received so like the the mechanics the crafting the weapons and stuff the puzzles that's all like well received so just kind of I'm happy to have more of that running in Unreal 5 definitely and more importantly as a, as a wrap up to this story Richie it's got to come to Stadia right I'd hope so I'd hope so We've... but we are talking about if they're just starting work on it now we're looking 2024 oh, yeah, at the earliest yeah, yeah. maybe 2025 so that is, let's that... see that is the shame. The, the, I'd really hope it. I hope it does, but Square do weird things. This this could end up being a PlayStation exclusive or an Xbox exclusive. This could oh, be a yeah. Switch exclusive. The way Square do things. Though. I mean, I don't. I hope Unreal Five doesn't run on Switch. <laughs> I mean, not. I hope. I, I don't I think, think be, it'll run that well. I'm on just Switch. saying. Yeah, you know how like Square have this weird thing where they just suddenly because one of the Tomb Raiders was timed exclusive. To Xbox. It was. It, it ruined the sales for it, which I actually think disrupted the flow of the actual brand and IP as yeah, a I whole. Think, was it Rise? It was Rise was a year exclusive on Xbox, which I yeah. had to patiently wait to get it on PlayStation, which was like as a fan of the the reboot in the franchise was like it's a tough long year's wait. But I got the 20th anniversary edition when it came out, and here we are celebrating the 25th anniversary in a new game of the franchise. Because remember, we've got the whole reboot trilogy and Temple of Osiris and the the one I can't think of the name all of a sudden. Temple of Osiris and uh, Guardian of Light. Guardian of Light. Gu- yeah. Guardian of Light coming as well. So that's five titles in the franchise on there. But we didn't get Guardians. So you're right, Square Enix do do what Square Enix do, so we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to put all of our uh, dinosaur eggs in another basket, Richie, so to speak with the next story of the week <laughs> moving things on second story another big game announced out of kind of the blue as well I didn't expect this one um, Remedy and Rockstar have announced a Max Payne 1 and 2 remake for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X so no Stadia announcement but we know we know what the world's like when you're a Stadia fan folks Yeah, you're going to wait for a shadow um, drop or absolutely no discussional points whatsoever uh, but to bring it back around, yes, Remedy and Rockstar Games have announced they'll remake Max Payne uh, and Max Payne 2, the fall of Max Payne, terrible naming convention. In a surprise announcement, they will work with Rockstar under a new publishing agreement to remake the first two Max Payne games. Remedy will handle development while Rockstar will finance the project, which will be in line with a typical Remedy AAA game production. Think Control and Alan Wake. Uh, the Max Payne remakes will also be developed uh, on Remedy's Northlight game engine, which was used to make uh, the recent Control release. Uh, of course, the original games were a result of Max Payne, um, a partnership between Remedy and Rockstar, with Remedy handling development until Max Payne 3, which is the trailer you guys can see now. Uh, Rockstar handled the development of Max Payne 3 internally. So it looks like they're going back to the well, Richie. They've rekindled the friendship between these publishers and studios. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited. I, I had Max Payne on PlayStation 2, I want to say. And it was one of those games where I lost the memory card save. It got deleted. Uh... I played the game. I think I think I actually got it on maybe my 14th, 15th birthday. Played it all night long. And then went to boot it up the next day. And it didn't exist. And it was gone. And I honestly think I... Just let I just put the game down there, and I, I've done yeah, that I much work. I just stopped playing it, and I never went back to it like a like a fool, I guess, because it's a very well revered series. And the reason we bring it up is because, of course, Rockstar. We've got Red Dead Redemption on the platform, usually publishing under two K. We've got Control from Remedy, five hundred five Games publishing. 
Will we see it? Um, and I think this is less likely. I actually think this is less likely than Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because Rockstar kind of weird. Um, anyone who's a PC gamer will know. Actually, I think it took a long time. I don't even know if it ever came. Like Red Dead, the first Red Dead Redemption didn't yeah. come to PC for a long time. If it ever came, so. And I think we got um, Red Dead 2 because this was in early days of Stadia where Google were happy to just, he's a bag of cash for your game, which we know they're not keen on doing anymore. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, to be honest, I wouldn't expect this. What's, um, what's your history with the Max Payne franchise then? Absolutely nothing. I have never played one. Okay, um, interesting. So, yeah, it's it's for, it's it was one of the first ones to kind of introduce uh, bullet time into games. I think they took big inspiration yeah. from the kind of the Matrix and, and other uh, style movies along the way back in the day. And I remember that was the part that I enjoyed the most was the slow motion diving off to the left, shoot shooting through walls. It was in that Matrix era. Yeah, every it? game suddenly went with like bullet time as well. So I'm very excited yeah. to kind of similar, similar in in a weird way to how I was excited about Mafia when that was initially announced, Richie. That I get to replay these games in their best possible form, having not seen them first time round. Which again, that's the the biggest thing I love about remakes and remasters is it gives me an opportunity to dive back into games I've never experienced before. Yeah, same. And in some of the older games some of the older games now they're almost unplayable by modern standards mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean there isn't great stories that were told and if I mean I think if you've played the games in the past you can get you can get accustomed to it but if you've never played a Max Payne I'm guessing it plays horribly nowadays because it's an old game oh it'd be clunky but as hell yeah a remake or a remaster gives you the opportunity to re-experience that story yeah, and um, again, I'd like to hope the relationship's there. It's a bit odd. I'm pretty sure they've announced that uh, this is going to be like a bundled remake, so it's one and two together. Yeah. Um, obviously, three isn't included in it, the kind of the whole trilogy. Maybe it's just down to different publishing rights, but then again, it was all done by Rockstar, so you'd think they'd want to include it. It's obviously the newer of the three games. Um, it's probably about eight, nine-year-old at this point, so it's it's maybe they're just yeah, testing well, the water with one and two. It might be because Remedy made one and two already. A lot of the design docs and initial design mm. docs and stuff they already they just already have because they made it. So it might be a case of you know what we'll do one and two. We've got the design docs there. We can just crack on with Rockstar's yeah. permission, which they think is they've got. We can just crack on, remake these games, and then potentially look into make them free later. Yeah, but I, in... I don't know who made free, so it, it was Rockstar. It's probably more slightly more complications around three, but yeah. Again, we this these games similar to Tomb Raider that we're getting these announcements. They're probably quite a, a ways as of now. Yeah. Um, they've only just announced the deal. I can't imagine much is gone. Um, and when you look at Remedy at the moment, they've got they've just announced Alan Wake Two off the back of the Alan Wake remaster. They've got Control 2, the sequel to Control in the works as well. Uh, they've got a project they're working on with Epic Games. I think they're doing some support on a multiplayer title as well. Um, and now they've got Max Payne. And I think Remedy only have a studio size of about 290 plus employees, so around the 300 mark, which isn't, it's nothing compared to the likes of like Ubisoft and EA have on the books. Rockstar, in fact. Um, it almost makes you wonder, like, is this too much? Like, Remedy seem to be doing way more in the last two years than they've ever done before, and I just—it just makes me think that a lot of these projects are, are going to be so far back, based based on that. Unless they ramp I up think, studio size, I, I think if things are staggered, 
sang because this would be very early days. Control two might be a bit along a bit further. Mm. So different teams and will be working on on them. So like on these get on these ones on Max Payne, they're probably like just starting out doing the design docs, trying to get the whole vision stuff together. Where Control two and like Control two might already be like in product in production. So there's, there'll be different people working on different things. So. I, I yeah. mean, I, tr- I trust Remedy. They know their business. They know their staff. Like, that's true. As long as they, they, as long as they don't make the mistake that um, I think CD Projekt Red did, where they scaled up too quick, mm. which is one of the reasons I think there was problems with Cyberpunk because to go from like a fairly small studio to a massive one overnight, yeah, can you got a lot of new people trying to settle in and trying to get things going? But yeah, I don't know. The, I trust them. Yeah, I I completely trust them. Um, I've got a lot of love for Remedy. I absolutely adored Control, um, one of my game of the years. I was so happy when it came up with Stadia as well. And they've they've got a great history with solid storytelling. Like you've got obviously Max Payne. They did Alan Wake with Xbox. We got uh, Quantum Break, which I actually really liked the look of Quantum Break. I just didn't have an Xbox. It was kind of around the same time as I was probably waiting for the Tomb Raider. Uh, to move over to PlayStation as well. And yeah, I feel like Control was that kind of breakout success for a very low budget in comparison to a lot of AAA games, and it, it looked gorgeous still. And it's it's n- nice to see them finally maybe get their, their dues a little bit. Um, there are a couple of things. They've obviously had a massive investment from Tencent recently. Give them a bit of cash as well. Um, they are working with Epic, as I mentioned. Uh, Crossfire was the, the multiplayer game they're helping with Epic as well. So they clearly have funds coming in. They're, they're doing well, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one of the things I will bring out, though, which I'm interested to see how these remakes go, uh, Max Payne's, like, even though his face was very blocky and old-school looking, it was based on Sam Lake, who was one of the original game's uh, writers. It's yeah. his face that they used. And in the um, throughout the game, I remember that for the story beats, they almost do like a comic book, like a, pa- a comic panel to tell the story. They use actual photographs, if I remember right, of him, the writer Sam Lake, like the the yeah. person in real life, Sam Lake. I don't know what they've got to do to kind of is he still on board? Is his likeness allowed to be used? Do they just go with a brand new actor? I'm, it, it, I'm that'll, interested. I'll probably depend on the initial contract he signs, probably, because if he's just signed over his likeness to Rockstar to be used for this character, that might, if that's a licensing per- perpetuity, then there's not really much he can do. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I think he did a lot of stuff um, for Alan Wake as well. So it's... I think it's one of them. I think you know, I'd imagine like you'd re- like if even assuming he's not involved at all, Rockstar would reach out to him and go, "Look, yeah. we're making a new Max Payne. Are you okay with us continuing to use your likeness for this character?" Yeah. I mean, he's still at probably, Remedy. Probably not. Probably not use real world photos anymore because I think mm. that's a thing of the past in games. But I mean, Control use real world yeah. footage for like of actual actors yeah. for their cutscenes. So it seems to be. I think it might just be a cost saving measure some of the times. Like rather yeah. than render all this in mocap CGI, just grab a couple of actors, build a set, yeah. and we'll just get the footage and then just mold it in. But yeah, it's very. It's an interesting way where games and real life kind of cross over. But if you're out there, if you're a game developer. Put your own likeness in the game. Royalties for life. Yeah. Or payoffs to, to get rid of your likeness, I guess. Assuming you, assuming you agree that and just go, oh, yeah, you can use me. Like, don't yeah. sign any contracts. Use yeah. and abuse. Uh, just like our third star of the week, Richie, moving things on, uh, Criterion were used and abused this past autumn uh, to fix the sinking ship that was Battlefield 2042. Uh, if you remember, we reported on it uh, back in, I think, October, maybe. Uh, Criterion, the team most known for making the Need for Speed franchise games, uh, were pulled off to support on Battlefield uh, to make it the best Battlefield it possibly can be. 
And we all know how that ended up. But the rumour is out there that we will be getting a new entry in the Need for Speed franchise from, of course, EA, probably with some help from Codemasters along the way since they acquired them, uh, coming to next-gen only. So that is PS5 Series X is the rumour. Of course, we don't really know where Stadia and Cloud Gaming sits in this kind of new world of video games right now. Uh, The last entry in the series was Need uh, Need for Speed Heat, which combined some live-action in with the traditional gameplay that you're familiar with the Need for Speed franchise. Uh, And yes, they've confirmed they were working on it at the back end of 2022 before the delay. However, it's expected to come this financial year, which pushes us up to next 2023. However, Need for Speed generally drops in the the late uh, autumn to winter time, so maybe October, November. And uh, reporting from Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat, he's been saying that it's expected a console release later this year, and he's also heard rumours that it'll be featured stuff around my, the Miami racing scene. So we're talking the nice sunset orange orange state of Florida, Richie. Where our good friend Chase is from, of course. Another great content creator out there. Shout out to Chase. It's been a long time. Need for Speed, Richie. With the took yeah. hiatus, we usually get annualised franchises of some shape or form. A staple in the video game racing scene. I have very fond memories of Need for Speed Underground 2. Back in the day, Riders of the Storm and all that jazz. Are you excited for a new Need for Speed game? And what is your history um, with Need for Speed? I've enjoyed Need for Speed games in the past, but it's never... I mean, I've never been a huge racing game fan ever. I've always enjoyed them when we dropped in every now and again. So I my my hype levels from the, for this game are pretty much zero. But again, I do expect this to be a, a great game. It's just not really up my alley. And I actually like the fact that it is PS5, Xbox Series X, mm. and they're not. We are starting to move away from oh yeah, it's cro- this cross generation thing because I think that sometimes can hold games back a little bit. I mean, the PS4 is absolutely great console. I still mm. use mine nowadays, but I think, it, I think yeah, they're going. You know what? We're not going to develop this for the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, means that they can fully focus on just optimizing it for these newer generation of platforms. Yeah, I think it's a good move. We're obviously well over a year past yeah. the launch of the, the PS5 and the Series X now, and we are seeing a lot of cross-multi-platform, yeah. especially with backwards compatibility on Xbox front, um, and then PlayStation uh, doing it as well. There is there is a, a realistic cut-off point when these games stop being made. We, we joke, but if you remember, Just Dance kept coming out on the Nintendo Wii for, for many, many years after thousands had abandoned that console completely. And you're it's totally Nintendo right. Abandoned it. <laughs> well, uh, and yeah, it, it's it's great to see. I'm a massive fan again. It's yeah. been a while since I've picked up a Need for Speed game because I think we've alluded to it with many racing games. When you tend to an adult and you actually can buy a real car in the real world and you're driving to and from places, driving a fictional car loses its luster a little bit. And Need yeah. for Speed was all about like I remember playing Need for Speed Underground and getting my little Peugeot 306 and souping it up with LED lights and tinted windows thinking when I turn 17 I get my own car I cannot wait to do this did I do any of that? no I installed a CD player with yeah. blue lights and that was about as much as it went both financially and incredibly as much as you can afford yeah it's expensive driving as, as a teenager I've never been interested in like the car modding scene I'm not a big car guy like my I, the, the car I drive it was purely a practical decision <laughs> that I bought it um, it's just it's just not cars are just not that I appreciate them but it's just like yeah not yeah. for me I know I went through a whole phase after my skateboarding phase it was into cars was the next thing I did after that 
Yeah. It was, yeah. I think I blame uh, Fast and the Furious, whatever that franchise has became now. Yeah. I blame Too Fast, Too Furious yeah. specifically. Uh, so to put a pin that, Richie, what's your favourite car of all time if you had to pick one? I'm curious. I don't have one. It can be one of your own personal cars. It can be a throwback to the old the old Micra you know if what? you want to. Yeah, I was going to go for that. I was going to go for the main ones. Like I, I um, drove a Nissan Micra. That was my first car. Um, so that, I'm going to go for my my red Nissan Micra. That's the best car ever. Best because car ever. Because it did exactly what I needed to do when I was six, when I was 17, 18 years old. A to it was a great car. It got me it got me places I needed to go. It, it was that moment I you get a car for the first time you get that freedom yeah it's like when you're like a teenager like when we're like 17 18 years old like we have cars we can just go to different places yeah oh yes <laughs> easily i have very fond memories so, i can actually distinctly remember so my first one was a renault clio in vertigo green i remember it well four clios i've you? had a few yeah um they got me they got me on the brand and um yeah i remember like distinctly driving somewhere for the first time ever sunglasses on windows down and I think it was Velvet remember, Velvet like, Revolver was the music I was listening to. I remember distinct... occasionally having them like we're doing this occasionally like we'll be like doing a road trip down somewhere, the Midlands or South South or something, and we do one of them top gear moments where you yeah. all like pull alongside each other as we're convoying. Yeah, you've got yeah, you've <laughs> yeah. got our fr- I think our friend Luke had like a red Peugeot. Uh, Vauxhall, sorry, yeah. Corsair, you and your micro, me We've and little Renault. Saxos. All little yeah. your small hatches, all little hatchbacks. small hatches. Uh, uh, yeah, I drive a fiesta so I still in the small hatch the, game. The but... Freedom the freedom of the um, road. Um we love it. Uh, let us know your favourite car in the comments. Yeah, let us your your favourite car and what are your favourite car is a need for speed um, i'm quite fond of the nissan skyline because of fast and the furious and uh, i do have a soft spot for a, a nice like deep red uh ford mustang as well do route 66 one day in america that's that's the one of the dreams uh, but need for speed coming hopefully this november in time for christmas it'll uh Put on the brakes, hopefully, on Google Stadia. Again, we've got EA titles. That Need for Speed was one of the franchises we theorised first on when they announced the five-game deal. We've got our five games now. We still don't know what's coming. Maybe we, we kickstart things off on the racing line this November with a new entry in the Need for Speed franchise. Come on, EA. Come on, Stadia. Do something. Work together. Rekindle that friendship. Pour nitrous oxide under your asses and get something lit. Because I want to play some AAA games this year, please. Um, thankfully, Richie, though, we do have the unrivaled support of Ubisoft uh, helping us bring AAA games, which brings us to our next story of the week, and that is Ubisoft uh, has not only canned any further support for Ghost Recon Breakpoint, but on the flip side, there's a new Ghost Recon already in development. So you don't have to worry about it. They're going to have somewhere to put their Quartz NFTs, Richie. If you were fearful that the NFTs were going to die with Breakpoint, oh, you were mistaken. Excuse me, when I heard the news that they're getting rid of Ghost Recon and Breakpoint, it's like, oh my, but how will I get my NFTs? How? Oh, my precious NFTs. Yeah. Uh, so reading straight from uh, their Twitter post, they, uh, Ubisoft posted out, Hey Ghosts, firstly want to say thank you for all the love and support you've brought to the game. During the past two years, we released more than 11 updates and supported several unique initiatives from Ghost Experience, the return of AI teammates, Special Ops, with Sam Fisher, mm, that's a sore point as well, uh, <laughs> the Planet Tree project and extra content for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. The last four months marked the release of our final piece of content, Operation Motherland, tons of items, 20th, uh, 20th anniversary icons, quartz items for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. We'll continue to maintain our service for both Wildlands and Ghost Break, uh, Recon Breakpoint. We truly hope you will enjoy the game and have fun playing in solo or co-op with your friends. From the entire Ghost Recon team, we want to thank you for your continued support and love you have for the franchise the feedback you've given has been instrumental in how we will shape the future of the franchise until next time ghosts 
so they're obviously slowly winding down. Wildlands is obviously a few years old now. The, the better received of the two. Uh, this one, Breakpoint with John Berthal, d- didn't really take off. I don't think it ever landed how it wanted to be. And I think it kind of, it, it was ushered in in a time period when Ubisoft have struggled for a bit of identity. Yeah. And then they added NFTs to try and save it near the end. Um, but I don't think they added NFTs to try and save it. I think they've probably looked at it. Uh, and went, yeah. This is basically dead, so we're messing with NFTs. Let's throw it yeah, in Yeah, what's the safest place? If we place, mess it up, yeah. It's what, yeah, you can't kill. What, what is, what's already dead may never die, right, Richie? <laughs> um, so we know we're getting Ghost Recon Frontline which is a free-to-play kind of spin-off, something or other based on this, maybe reminiscent of, of Call of Duty Warzone. We've got The Division Heartlands as well. So I I get the feeling that they're taking these franchises and almost trying to pivot them to like games as a service, which isn't well, really a bad thing Ubisoft for these have been open. That's one thing they yeah. are trying to do as a company. So and You know what? I think that would actually be very fitting of these type of games. Yeah, like Ghost Recon think... can exist as a and just add like what like add Breakpoint content, add Wildlands content, make it in a living world, like the Division. It's weird because there's like there's multiple tiers of like Tom Clancy, like you got the, mm. oh, the Tom Clancy games and you got the Go- the Ghost Recon games has become a brand into itself, right? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. That has then split it out in a couple of different directions. I think they probably need to do a bit of housekeeping there to go okay, maybe get rid of. Um, Ghost Recon and just call it Breakpoint this or something but I, I don't know it's it, it's an interesting one uh, I think the new game yeah they've got Sunset in one game a mountain in another so this is one of the things that they're going to do yeah it's it's I, an interesting one obviously we've had Extraction we've we know like we enjoyed Extraction but I don't think it's going to become anything yeah. massive um, but I'm just curious where all these studios are off to obviously these these are teams of hundreds of people who work on massive games and uh, we actually revealed on a couple of shows uh, ago the leaks that said that Ubisoft are actually ramping up for like a big reveal of titles. Uh, they've been very quiet since since the kind of massive drop of Watch Dogs Immortals and Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Far Cry all kind of bundled in. Uh, they've been surprisingly quiet, so I'm expecting like some huge movements uh, later on this summer. Yeah, it might be just a case of oh, we're starting to get things. There's a handful of things that have got delayed because of the pandemic and stuff. We're now getting them back on track. It might be okay. Let's just have a, like a mega like Ubisoft forward in in the summer, where we'll go. He's updating pretty much everything we're working on. Mm-hmm. So, um, R- Richie, NFTs aside, because I know how much you love them. Yeah. Um, what what do Ubisoft need to do to make this franchise kind of work again? How can we get it back to the the hype? Um, I don't really know because I've never I'm not huge never been really big into this franchise, so it's hard for me to say. I think they need to look at what. Um, was Breakpoint was the one that was better received than Wildlands? No, Wildlands was the one uh, that was better received. Although they got a bit of cri- criticism for for placing it in a Southern American um, place full of drugs, and I think it was Columbia weren't yeah. happy with its representation. Um, yeah, put that criticism aside though. Um, yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about that. Like, just look at look at what the difference are in the games. Look at what was well received in the fair, in the the one that did well compared to the other ones. Like, go okay, more of that, less of what didn't work as well mm-hmm. um, the thing for me is NFTs I think it's going to be an interesting one with Breakpoint because what happened to the NFTs when Breakpoint well they, they did explicitly stops? say that you've got a piece of history as, uh, as one of their kind of closing sentiments uh, in, the, in their post 
and no one's um, buying NFTs for history. That is true, but you uh, you actually retain obviously the the rights to yeah. it. So I don't know how how they move but, over. Um, so whether I read so a message from the Ubisoft Quartz website, thanks Breakpoint players who claimed the initial NFTs, uh, and I quote: "You own a piece of the game and have left your mark in history." It states. So I don't know. I, I don't know how that's gonna because it's it's all Ubisoft it's, Connect, if, so it's gonna go across. You still own it. Just. Are, yeah, but if these assets are only usable in this game, as soon as this game stops being a thing, then that asset completely loses, loses all value. Well, is that not NFTs, full stop? <laughs> yeah, they, well, this is, the, this is the thing. So, But if that's the case, then why would you pay, invest in any NFTs in any game? Because as soon as that game is discontinued... Because yeah. NFT, let's be fair, what they are is they're there for investment reasons. You want to, you want to, earn, a, you want to earn a return on your purchase mm-hmm. you're not buying an nft because you like the skin on the game that's a nice bonus but so it's like it's an odd one i don't i don't know it, it's i really i really don't know i'm sure we'll uh it's we'll, gonna be interesting to watch yeah we'll find out uh, hopefully at a ubisoft forward i was looking back through some of our content on the channel and it's, it's i don't been... think we'll find out in the forward i don't think they'll put nfts anywhere near a oh no i meant ghost recon i meant ghost <laughs> like, recon um it's been oh, about yeah. nine or so months since we did like a, a live watch along to the ubisoft forward um throughout the summer so we're actually again the dam is bursting ready to go uh, but regardless of nfts and the aftermath that comes with them moving on to the next story all about World War Z and the aftermath that has followed in the release of that game on Stadia. So, of course, some people were confused with the launch date uh, in the first week of April. They thought it was going to be on Stadia Pro come April the 1st. It finally arrived, Richie, if, as much as we enjoyed the game during our live stream, to quite some disappointment. People out there trying to play the game on their own. Um, the game has not launched with crossplay, which I'll read you a... Uh, a snippet from the description when the game launched if I go to claim the game play the game in the Stadia store uh, where's the exact fact uh, turn the tide of the zombie apocalypse on consoles and PC with full crossplay. join up to three friends or play on your own with AI teammates against hordes of random zombies etc etc so the description on the Stadia store states crossplay with PC and console the initial post from the World War Z Twitter account said Join over 15 million players when it launches with full cross-player support. And now their response after launch was, World War Z on Stadia does not support cross-play at this time. We will let you know if that functionality is added at a later time. Richie, what the hell? I I know, like, let's face it, this isn't Stadia's fault necessarily. I know a lot of people will immediately go to them. This is on the devs for me. This is like... well. One the thing what I'd like to know from the devs is what what's the reasons? Mm-hmm. I mean, we actually we've got a story later in the show where I think is a good example of the devs communicating decisions that they've had to make. Mm-hmm. You've t- you've went back on this decision. You might have very very good reasons for it. It might just be this is a compatibility issue that we need a bit more time to figure out. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to honour getting this game out in time for this in, in time for it going on Stadia Pro, so we'll add that functionality later. But one of the tweets, actually, they've they've put out there is, "Well, was Z on Stadia does not support crossplay at this time. We will let you know if that functionality is added later, not when." Yeah. So you've changed your mind. Why? Because you've advertised it. You might have very good reasons. 
I assume you do, but it's one of them. It's like, if you don't tell us the reasons, you're just going to take flack. Yeah. You might take flack with your reasons, but at least then we'll have something to go. It's like, yeah, there's a compatibility issue. We'd still need a bit more work. We didn't want to, mm-hmm. we didn't want to delay the launch. Um, it will come. Because yeah. where was it? Zed, it's one of them games where you, they can just keep adding new content, new stories too. There's a, that, it's got legs, this game. It's not like a, a play it and you're done. Yeah, unlike a zombie. He's had his legs yeah. severed from under him. Of course, this is just like Deshaun uh, as he slides. Deshaun, yeah, as he floats. <laughs> so, yeah, go watch the go watch the first look. Loads of fun. And this is kind of, I guess, that a lot of the sourness and bitterness may come from the double hit that delivers the moon was also delayed. So that was two yeah. two arguably the biggest two pro games of the month have both suffered. The difference here, though, the devs from Delivers the Moon, Kyo Ken and Wired Productions publisher actively came out and said, "Look, we found a, a problem." We're going to work on it, fix it. And they were very clear before launch. This, as I said, as I read out just minutes ago, it was it's in the description on the storefront, Richie. It says cross-play with PC and console. They've since edited it, I will say. It's no longer there. But again, this goes back to our age-old conversation and our side quest topic of quality control. Well, Who is checking these final things and going, right, the game launches tomorrow... Is it ready to go? And surely someone over at the World War Z team goes, uh, actually, crossplay is not quite ready yet. Should we maybe do well, something about that or just let it post publicly and go back on everything we've promised? If I was Google Stadia, I'd be quite pissed about this, to be honest, yeah. because, like, yeah, fine, it's gone pro, everyone knows it's gone pro. It's not as effective as much. But if someone's actually went out the way to buy this game really excited for this game want to jump in with the friends on cross play on other platforms mm-hmm. they want to play on stadia it's got crossplay that's how it's marketed and the last minute pulling of that they've already they put the money down to find out it doesn't have crossplay anymore it's i mean at the time of purchase it was in the store that had crossplay what doesn't have crossplay mm-hmm. what's going what's going on there i'd be pissed it's like, false it's false advertising it's yeah, straight it up and false advertising so which means that if I was Google's, like I don't my customers, customers getting pissed because this the devs have pulled a pulled a feature, like yeah. It, and again, no explanation. I think I do think we deserve one. Like yeah, it, it really does. And then it goes back to again the kind of the catch twenty two problem with Stadia is taking out crossplay now immediately limits the the multiplayer player base. Like we know Stadia, yeah, we know Stadia <laughs> does not have the biggest player base. If you think it does, you, you're lying to yourself. It, it's one of the smallest platforms out there in the world it just cannot compete with the numbers like playstation xbox nintendo and that's just down to the legacy and the age of the platform it's no discredit to it but crossplay helps alleviate that problem tenfold like it, it genuinely just helps you hook up with it we've seen it with PUBG and other platforms it helps it massively uh, just looking at a few of the tweets as well so the the particular post you read out richie about being added at a later time uh people if, people if, aren't happy um yeah endo it's if that's pissing people off yeah, Endo says, but it was announced to support crossplay. I take it you're going to add it at a later date then, right? Uh, James um, Zumwalt, that's really scummy advertising feature for the game. It's getting uh, the sales money, not implementing a feature that it promised from the future. Um, Cloudflu- uh, Cloudfluencer, I'm pretty much at a loss to words here. Most importantly, you get away with it. Um, obviously, it has been removed from the description stadia, but again, it's all just communication. Like, who who's at fault we'll never know the answer to it but don't be tweeting out about crossplay as a key feature and then backtracking without an excuse it's just bad business practice on all fronts 
and it's a shame because we had a, we had a great time with the game, but we're just fortunate enough to have a close knit community around us that we can jump on at any time of the day. We'll get people who jump in the chat and go, "Oh, I'll play." Click the link, jump in with the game, and great. Not everyone has that ability. Obviously, you've got um, the parties feature on Stadia, so you can put out an open request yeah. for people to join. But it's just not the same. It just takes a little bit away of the simplistic way of getting into a game, and that sucks. Yeah, and imagine the Stadia team. The, stadia, the guys over at Stadia will be aware of the issues regarding their player base and multiplayer games, where they just don't really have enough multiplayer players to support the range of games that they need to support. Yeah. So if I'm Stadia, I'm pushing crossplay any multiplayer game that comes to my platforms. I this needs. If you want this game on our platform, mm-hmm. it has to have crossplay. I'm giving that a really hard push. Yeah. Because I want my players who are buying this yeah. game on my platform to have the best experience they possibly can, and they can't do that without crossplay, unfortunately. Definitely. And, and, that, and that's the ironic thing, is if you look through yeah. some more of the, the Twitter threads, is the Stadia team obviously got, got tagged in a bunch of stuff, and they responded yeah. by saying, we 100% embrace crossplay. Check out our friends at WWZ Game to see what their response is. So that's like, the more Stadia can like, do yes, is go... Look, look guys, they're on those here. Yeah, like, <laughs> look, we support it. It's the developers who have a chance to implement it. Obviously, there needs to be things that I've discussed behind the scenes because you're promoting it on their platform and you can't promise something and not follow it up. But you, yeah, yeah, it's back to Stadia. Don't really have have a horse in this race when it comes to getting it implemented. But again, it's just the back... If, if they knew it wasn't ready, they should have told Stadia. Stadia should have been able to communicate that out ahead of time. Will they acknowledge it in a like a community blog or something? Probably not. It tends to just be a generic. Let's brush it under the carpet and hope no one acknowledges it. But a bit of disappointment for for a good yeah. game that's probably had the wind taken out of its souls for a lot of players. That was out of its souls, out of its sales for a lot of players uh, out there. So, but you know what? If you're not too fussed, you can always check out a 30 day free trial, Richie. That's right. Next star of the week from the community blog, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Not a, not a fantastic community blog a lot of news we've already covered on the show uh we've got some extra extended trials you can play humankind with a 120 minute free trial uh if you're interested humankind of course the historical turn-based strategy game that's severely lacking in dlc on stadia as well but that's a whole other topic we won't go into now uh world war z aftermath does have a one hour free trial um which Thankfully, in the community blogger, does not mention crossplay. <laughs> I was just quickly skimming over, thinking it says join up to f- three friends and play with the AI teammates, but it doesn't mention crossplay because that would have been another amendment that I've had to make. Uh, and then finally, a 60 minute free trial for Super Animal Royale, uh, also there, uh, tying in with the season three launch. And of course, up to 64 players uh, can have fun on there. Uh, Richie, just quickly, yeah. Humankind tweeted out this week about uh, keep tuned to their social feeds for news regarding the Africa DLC content and update patch updates to the game because many like many other devs they have not been supporting Stadia in a timely manner in line with other platforms yeah it it, it sucks as a Stadia player I do on Humankind and Stadia I haven't actually played that much of it I do need to go back find time to go back and play but again at the time I bought it I, thought, I did say like this is the thing how I play Civilization where I like it in my library, and then once every probably year or two, I'll I'll play a game for like I'll play for like a solid week, and then I'll not touch it again for like six months. Um, but it is a shame. I get why because unfortunately Stadia is by far the smallest platform that the game is on. Mm-hmm. But it does suck when like things like DLC, new additional content, things like patches are delayed and not not coming in time. It's like 
you could at least support even if not the game you could at least try and keep the game up to date and in line with the other platforms yeah especially when there's like bugs and crashes and other stuff and i just think yeah yeah, it's a shame that if you've purchased it it, again it's that catch-22 it goes back to like it has a a lost a lasting impact on people's purchasing decisions going forward because here we are lamenting like we haven't got blood dragon from far cry 6 yet we haven't got the humankind dlc we don't have crossplay on well was the aftermath and it just goes a long way if you're if you're like not drilled into this the stadia world when you're thinking of buying a game if you if you're struck with like one or two of these little niggly things and you're putting your hard-earned cash somewhere i know for a hard and fact that all that content is coming to my playstation counterpart my xbox counterpart my yeah. switch counterpart my pc counterpart it's just stadia and possibly luna to some degree i'm not too sure we just kind of get shafted by the developers and i'm, I'm we know it comes from a prioritization place, but it's something that needs to get sorted yeah. out. You owe it to your customers yeah. more so than the platform and, to get it right. And going, and going back to like the Google Dev um, talks, I think Google are probably aware of this, and they are working on tools to streamline the port, porting of games over to um, Stadia, which the easier it is for mm-hmm. the developer to get the game over there or get the patch over there or get the DLC over there, the more likely you're going to see that these stay up in, in line. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. But it's if there's a lot of work involved, as a developer, you've got only so many resources. You've got you got pri- what you you got to prioritize, and unfortunately, Stadia is in a situation where it's low, relatively low priority for most developers. Yeah, and it, it sucks as a Stadia player, but it does. And this goes back to what we've theorized before about Google investing in port support teams who can maybe drop in and out and help with this kind of thing yeah uh, it will cost money but you know what you're trying to grow your platform so it's going to cost money uh, but we'll put a pin in that one for now and hopefully the dlc will be just on the horizon keep it locked to the humankind twitter feed because again they teased it with some side eye emojis so hopefully some news coming soon uh, something that should be coming sooner rather than later um some of you may have seen the black myth wukong tease that went out uh, i'm trying to think it was maybe last summer they did like a 15 minute showcase of this gorgeous looking game from um chinese studio uh over i was gonna say over in china obviously of course um <laughs> smock jr credit to him over on twitter noticed that on the black myth wukong uh team's page is they have just a bit of a q a for the upcoming game um, yeah. If you've not seen any of this, it's it's basically uh, an action RPG similar to The Witcher um, takes place. And um, what's the story it's trying to retell? It's the monkey. It's Jenny the West. Jenny the West. Um, it's like a. I think it's Chinese like um, fable. Um, it is so a monkey, like, right? That's, it's, he turns in. And... Yeah, well, Sun Wukong um, is is a monkey with an extending staff. This so like in fact the original Dragon Ball was based on it. Right. It's one of them things. It's. In more pop culture from Asia than you probably realise. In fact, um, the formal name of Goku in like Japan is actually Sun Goku. Right. After Sun Wukong, and in the original Dragon Ball, he does have an extending staff, which is one of the um, things that's iconic to the series, and he floats around in the cloud and shit, crazy shit like crazy that. Crazy, sh- crazy shit like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, like the, the early seasons of Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z, are pretty much a retelling of it. Yeah, which is crazy when you look at this game. Uh, it's like graphically stunning, and yeah, it's an indie developer game science, uh, so they don't have like a, a massive track record for for video games. But it was uh, received incredibly well. 
Um, it had like millions and millions of views. People like plotting it for just like the gameplay looks super fun. The transforming between different creatures looks fun. Um, and again, totally out of the blue, no one expected it to look this good. It had no right to be looking this good. And uh, yeah, on the Q&A thing, as found by Smock Jr., is um, one of the questions that was on there was what platforms uh, Wukong is preparing to launch. And uh, the response was PC and other mainstream consoles. Uh, cloud gaming platforms capable of running the game smoothly are also being considered. So a little snippet of news there, but when you talk about cloud gaming platforms, th- there's not many of them come to mind as like an actual standalone platform. You've got to be talking Stadia and possibly Stadia Luna. Luna. Yeah, there's there's no real other ones. Again, X Cloud's probably in that mix. Maybe even P- PS Plus. Yeah. I mean, if might it's be in the mix, I mean, there. if it's on obviously Although Xbox unlikely. and PlayStation, the cloud's just yeah. kind of extension of that. It's not a standalone platform. Uh, we know GeForce now is you've got that kind of like supplement to PC if you own it on Steam and stuff, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we'll keep an eye on this one. If it comes, it's, it's definitely a great get if the game ends up living up yeah. to expectation. I know the game director actually came out and apologised for how, how the game looked after the video released last year and everyone was quick to yeah. say like, are you crazy? It looked beautiful. So, yeah, it's like, on, I think most people, I think my take was like, I'm sceptical because this game looks a bit too good. I don't, like, if this game comes out looking like this, I'll be genuinely be impressed. Like, so that was kind of my take. I was like, I'm expecting, I'm actually expecting you to dial this back a touch to get it running smoothly. Yeah. Because that ha- that does happen a lot in games more than people realise. Like, the first, like, oh, here's some amazing footage in Engine and that actually when they get fully popular at the world, like, it's running like shit, let's dial this back. Yeah. But you know what? Indie developers can do amazing things. Like, I absolutely yeah. thoroughly enjoyed Keena Bridge of Spirits and that was an indie developer as well, uh, just making it big. And I think you can get so many quality assets now it, it, it evidently can, can be put into practice so you know what we'll keep an eye on the clouds for this one hopefully uh, it's a big title or an anticipated title coming soon uh, speaking Richie of anticipated yep. things uh, we got another post out from THQ Nordic this week I know we discussed the Ubisoft forward news uh, save the date because August the 12th this summer brace yourselves THQ Nordic are hosting their second annual digital showcase event get ready for new game announcements and updates on previously announced titles that's all we know straight from the Twitter feed uh, showing off I'm sure updates to Spongebob Destroy All Humans uh, 2 Reprobed Remaster a bunch of other titles in between somewhere maybe on the dark side as well probably something for Saints Row it's a bit far out for me, quite frankly, August. I'm surprised they're announcing it so early, but you know what? The way E3 folded and Summer Games Fest and Jeff Keighley and IGN Games of Summer and Indie Showcases and Forwards and EA Play, I guess you got to put your stake in the ground somewhere and say, we're going first, August 12th, 2022. Yeah. Get, get it in your calendar. Get it in your calendar. Um, of course, THQ Nordic, a branch of the Embracer Group, that probably means they're going to have a Koch Media presentation somewhere in there, Richie, for us to watch along. Will we watch it? Let's find out. Probably only if we're drunk. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll think about it close at the time. But I'm in this moment. I'm keen. We'll give them another go because that was the first one. That maybe they'll, hopefully they'll learn from it. Hopefully they will have learned from it because there's there's plenty of stuff uh, to keep an eye out for. Uh, but yeah, THQ Nordic, I've got a lot of uh, affection for a lot of their titles. I'm still waiting on the Time Splitters remake, reboot, relaunch, whatever the hell that is. They've been teasing it for so long now. Uh, even just give me like a, a snippet of concept art, I would take that right now. But uh, yes, Embracer Group own plenty of things. Uh, they put the stake in the ground August 12th. 
we're no doubt going to get some more dates. Uh, it does seem quite far away being only April, but as I've said many times, the sun's out, the weather's getting better. August will be here before we know it, Richie. And hopefully alongside a bunch of AAA titles on the platform as well. Uh, linking in with actually that story a little bit, I just want to pivot over to another story we got. Uh, Thunderful Games, who are another indie publisher, uh, making big strides. They got Mark Hamill on board to do their hilarious presentation uh, last uh, autumn when he, he showcased from us telling a storybook about all these new titles. He referenced Stadia. They announced Wavetail, uh, one of my favourite uh, indie games from last year. And uh, our good friend Duncan from Cloudy with a Chance of Games um, pulled from one of their investor calls a spreadsheet of titles that kind of got planned between Thunderful, uh, Coatsync, another publisher that we have a fond relationship with as well. Uh, and they kind of just broke down uh, all of the upcoming games and whether it's coming to PC, console, mobile, VR, streaming. And there was nothing on the pipeline for Stadia. So, yeah. Um... That doesn't mean none of these games will come, though. I think someone pointed out in the comment and retweet, um, replying to Duncan that Wavetail is on Stadia and is is on this list, but is not listed as streaming. Yeah, it's My not. My personal take on that is because it's already out. And I would take this as a list of things that, that are coming rather mm-hmm. than that things that have gone. Um, we should point out but, the entire list of like 15 plus games, none of them are coming to streaming platforms yeah, according, yeah, there's according no, to this there's list. None, but... They've also took the effort to put that column in there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they could have just not put the column in there. So I think we might start season dots getting filled. Yeah. And a lot of these games are like Cicada or Salted Caramel or Coffee or Chocolate or Date code or names. Mango or Vanilla. They're very much code names. Um, and some of these going as far as 2024. So I, I'm not too worried. It'd be nice to see some of these dots getting filled soon. To show that they that relationship is still there, still solid, but at this point, it's probably just it's not confirmed. Yeah, and I think with indie developers, a lot of stuff's done on a smaller scale. I think it's easier to like we've seen actually from you've seen a look at the Stadia library. It's easier to convince yeah. indie developers to come across yeah. because you're not dealing yeah. with millions and millions uh, in money. You're just dealing with maybe smaller paychecks, smaller things to convince, yeah. and and usually they're working with. Uh, more generic tools so when they use things like you unreal and unity they're using generalized assets because they're only working on a smaller scale and, and budget um, which i guess helps with the porting process a little bit um, and i'm yeah, sure when so, big companies yeah. like google come to you with potential relationships as a small probably one or two person team any money through the door is probably great which is, is no surprise so that's why we've got amazing deals like outright and stuff happening and court sync and high tea frog yeah, and such so- Google, pick up the phone, give him a ring. I want Lemon to come to the platform. You want Lemon? It's a third-person action-adventure game. Titled Codename Lemon. I do lemon. appreciate the Jurassic Park game is Jaffa yeah. as well. Yeah, Jaffa Park. Uh, but yeah, I thought I'd bundle that one in there because it's kind of fitting with the THQ Nordic showcase. It's it's upcoming things that we're, uh, we're discussing and talking about. Interesting. Um, chocolate um, is made by our friends over at Codesync. It's a sandbox adventure, but it isn't. It's up there on IP. Oh, good for Codesync. Based in Sunderland, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Up north. Um, Guys, if you want to give us the scoop, you know where we are. We'll come and do a studio tour. We'll interview you in person because we're allowed back out now. Uh, But we'll get there, Richie. We'll get there brick by brick. Uh, Next star of the week, Lego and Epic Games have got a relationship. I spoke of my love for the Lego uh, Games franchises and uh, the real real life Lego bricks, I guess. Uh, They've partnered with Epic Games 
the makers of Fortnite, uh, want a long-term partnership to shape the future of the metaverse with a focus on building a safe space for young players. The family-friendly digital experience will give kids access to tools that will empower them to become confident creators and deliver amazing play opportunities in a safe and positive space. Uh, they announced in a joint statement earlier this week. Uh, details are thin on the ground at the moment, but a major commitment from LEGO's digital future and a huge win for Epic Games to be entrusted with a notoriously child-safe brand. And I don't really know where to take this one, Richie. It's weird when, when companies nowadays talk about the metaverse. It's hard to get a grasp on what the hell they actually oh, mean. All right, taking the metaverses. This just seems to be one of them things that the tech, all tech companies are obsessed with and no one else gives a shit. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, the metaverse it, is kind it of... It just sounds corny as well. It's like, yeah, uh, I blame Mark We're taking over the metaverse. Good, good, good. You, you you do that you do that I'll exist in this universe and yeah like so it's not it's not like a game announcement as such but it's like all these companies that believe like the metaverse is like this cool new thing is like quite frankly anyone who's grew up with the internet we've had these well, all it is is ways of communicating through digital means like I I've lived through like PlayStation Home we've had uh, World of Warcraft forums and chatting and... yeah it's not new like I remember the fit fa- like the Facebook announcement thing is like it reminded me a bit of something like Habbo Hotel what yeah. we're talking about it's like like. Been this there. isn't you guys. Like, Been there, done that. Yeah. Got my MySpace I, page. I don't need to exist constantly in this online space. I like to exist in the real world and use the online stuff to communicate and interact with people, but I don't need an avatar in the chat room. Yeah, like, it's weird. Just send me a text. It's weird. It's, like, is this, yeah, is this just like a Lego open hub world? Where I know I know a lot of games have... I don't know. They get stick a lot of the time, like Minecraft and Roblox for like... Over over the, over yeah. eighteen content getting out there, and again, there's yeah. totally right protecting children's rights and safeguarding like the privacy and giving them the right tools to have fun without stuff happening from outside that bubble. It's great, and I think Lego yeah, I think... Lego are definitely one of the companies uh, who champion that more than others. So odd relationship. Really but... Part of this, yeah, part of this announcement. I think the word metaverse is in there for like marketing reasons, and also it's kind. Of, I think this is probably aimed at parents a little bit. So I got look, we're working together. You're worried about this metaverse thing. We are going to make our portion of it safe for your kids. Mm-hmm. Indeed, that, I think that's what I'm taking from this. But stop using the word metaverse. It's just it, metaverse. It's crap. The Helix Cloud <laughs> Games metaverse starts with you out there, folks. Yeah, do with it what you wish because we have no interest <laughs> in yeah. copyright. As long as we get the right. Yeah, well, our metaverse is like our shows and our Discord and our Twitter, and social media. So okay, yeah. Yeah, we all have one. You know, at one point we might have a platform where we have avatars and get. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll talk about that later on uh, with a future update. Uh, speaking of future NFT updates, avatars, NFT, no, 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 don't get carried away. Uh, speaking of future updates, uh, we of course are massive fans of transparency and open, honest conversation here. We always do with you, lovely viewers and listeners out there. Uh, this one, this final story of the week, uh, pretty much comes from uh, Paratrope developers of the upcoming uh, fan-funded Sky Climbers, big supporters of Stadia. And um, they put out a blog post, just a bit of an update regarding Stadia, Steam Deck, and, and Switch support. Um, to kind of condense it down a little bit, they talk about their alpha release, and uh, they've had thousands of participants jump in, test the game, uh, find all those bugs and fixes and glitches that need to be benchmark tested and, and put into practice. And... They've said they're trying to pioneer cloud gaming with companies like Google and Microsoft, and they've obviously they've got a particular fondness for Stadia. This was one of the first and Team biggest Stadia. Team Stadia hashtag community-backed 
pushers uh, to get it into their business model. They want the library uh, to be in the clouds. They state in the in the blog post. Um, however, to maintain cross-platform support um, and the the Linux content running across Stadia and Steam Deck and such, they just said ultimately uh, it's going to take more time to cover all of these hardware profiles. Um, dedicate like servers and GPUs and different coding aside. Uh, they're going to push the alpha testing uh, to be announced up to a later date. Uh, and they said they don't want to mislead the community. They just want to basically let us know. But they do have a commitment to their players that even though the shift is primarily focused to the Steam ecosystem, uh, they are offering players uh, who've redeemed um, or are expecting alpha keys for the Stadia base version to redeem them through Steam if you wish to play. So if you are like a, a fan funding backer, you can still play the game even though there might not be a Stadia alpha anytime soon. This is what this is the actual thing I alluded to earlier um, when we're talking about World War Z. Um, this is I think this is how you do it properly because I'm just going to read straight from their blog, ranging from high-end discrete GPUs and dedicated CPUs from AMD, Intel, and Nvidia all the way down to APUs such as those found in the Steam Deck. This will have an effect on our Stadia release timeline, and therefore we have to push the alpha testing duration into a two BA state, as not to mislead our community. So not only are they saying, yeah, okay, the alpha's we, we can't announce, we don't know when we're going to announce the alpha for Stadia, and they're going, okay, Stadia guys, you can play on Steam. But they're telling us why. Hmm. They're, they're trying to cover a huge range of hardware, and it's taking, ultimately, we need more time than we initially projected. Yeah. Again. Here's what's happening, here's why. Fine. Like, it again, there's probably people who are slightly disappointed who've pre-ordered, um, backed it on Kickstarter and Stadia, but at least you know why. Yeah. Again, it's almost as though transparency, open and honest conversation is good. Like, and it's it's a weird in this kind of metaverse world we live in, Richie. All these social media channels try and be like hip young kids, and they try and be funny and they share memes. I mean, we do it on ours, but we're just yeah. we're just three idiots with a Twitter account trying trying to play yeah. games and talk about them. These massive corporations who try and like act hip and young and like, oh, we're cool. What games you're playing this weekend? Uh, oh, Fridays are just for chilling and playing games. All that kind of stuff. And yet they never just come forward when they make a mistake or something gets pushed back. And it's it's a breath of, breath of fresh air when you get companies, or smaller indie companies, in fact, who consist of just a handful of people saying, look, guys, you know what? It's a big project. We promised it. We're not shying away from that promise. It just it genuinely is going to take more time. There's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many employees who can work on these projects. And back to some of our other stories we've covered in this week's show... Just be honest and come out and say, look, we'll get to it eventually, but it's better than just going radio silent. I joke this week, um, if you if you look at my Twitter feed, uh, there was a rumour that Resident Evil Village was apparently reportedly going to include mermaids originally. as like one of the creatures. And I retweeted it and said, yeah, reportedly it was also going to launch with our reverse. And yet here we are a year's <laughs> later and that's fuck all to be seen. So... It, it, again, it swings and roundabout, but the bigger the company, it's almost, we, understandably, they get a bit detached from the boots on the ground, the reality of it. Yeah, and these guys coming out you and have, just saying, yeah. That's why you have social media teams. You have people who are meant to bridge that gap. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, community, that's why Your you PR. have community managers. PR, community managers, that's, so they can bridge the gap between the corporate industry side of it and the general public. Like, yeah. It's crazy. So I was like, and one of I think one of the best things is if you have to make a decision that it's going to be unpopular, at least if you explain the reasons, mm-hmm. it's still going to be an unpopular decision, but people now have context to why you've had to make that decision. Yeah. Context it, is always it, key. Yeah. Just 
I mean, you don't have to tell us the, the nitty gritty, but it, like what Parastrope have done, and when, hey guys, it's, it's taken longer, we're covering a wide range of hardware, so we're having to delay this. Stadia guys, you can go over, as a bonus, you can go play, play it on Steam. We'll get. We'll sort it out later. We'll sorry for that. Figure it out. It's good. Uh, exactly. And uh, just to kind of caveat this story with the kind of the similar one that we've got um, from from this one, uh, Everspace, which is obviously another title on Stadia, to kind of fold in with the same one. Uh, Robbie Rob over on Twitter uh, was chasing them up because he's a big fan of the Everspace game, and he uh, tweeted out about updates. And I think this is off the back of the aftermath. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things in this in this thread that he um, yeah, but to focus it, focus, on focus it down. Yeah, Everspace were the only ones who actually replied to him, <laughs> so no no uh, surprise there. Um, he was querying about like updates for the game and, and optimization and 4K60 versions, which were promised. And uh, Everspace actively responded and said, "We invested extra time in further stadia optimization and even submitted a 4K60 version months ago." Uh, it's sitting in certification limbo, not matching Stadia's high requirements. We honestly don't know if the version will ever go live or not. And then they're going about sliders, not fixing stuff. But it's just kind of back into the same conversation. Yeah. They've obviously responded, so they've given an answer. But there's something there's something missing in the communication. Like, is there someone yeah, whose something... job is to communicate back and forth between the devs and the publishers and the and the tech people at Stadia? To get these messages, because there's clearly a bottleneck happening where shit's not getting through quick enough. Something's, someone somewhere has, has dropped the ball. Some, somewhere, something's not working here. Like, the interesting thing is Stadia's high requirements. We've done an entire episode of SideQuest saying how we're on the release of Ark, Survival of yeah, yeah. how we said Stadia need to be gatekeeping quality a bit more. Mm-hmm. But if Everspace is saying, we've got 4K60 version, it's running... I, what's these high requirements that they're not meeting from Stadia? That's, I think, the interesting thing. Because I'm, guess, I'm guessing they assume that it's good enough. Like, this is fine, it's good, it works, it's 4K60, mm. it's what you're asked for. And Stadia seem to be holding back um, certification, so... I'd just like to know who, uh, who the hell is we, checking this stuff. Like, you've got yeah, to... You're not, it's, there's got to be someone who works at the, at the team at Stadia who's got, like, an outstanding email or notification that says... Everspace, four months overdue. Like, has no one checked this profile in four months to see why the game hasn't been, the update hasn't been pushed to the platform? Yeah. And who are they contacting to to remedy that? Not remedy, but intended. But yeah, they, they've got enough work going on. But like, like come on, guys, like get your shit it's together. This is a business. The devs, the devs don't know if this version. I mean, Everspace is on Stadia already. Yeah, yeah. It's the four K sixty version, and it's like they don't know if it's going to happen if it's going to go live or not. It's like, I'm guessing that's the point of, we've done the work, it's there, it just needs certification, that it's out of our hands. Mm-hmm. So where's the back and forth? So if you're that studio, yeah. do you give two shits about putting your sequel, your Everspace 2 follow-up on the platform if this is the Everspace way you're being threatened? Three. <laughs> three, two, one. Well, it's currently Everspace 2, so I guess the next one will be is Everspace 3. Ah, see, I thought this. I feel like Everspace is on Stadia. Everspace 2 is the new Twitter handle. That oh, I've been right. reading for their new upcoming uh, game. Okay, I'm with you, yeah, yeah. And obviously three further down the line. But you've got to imagine it must like annoy you as a developer because you're getting shit on Twitter from obviously fans of your well, game and you're like, guys, we've done the work, we've submitted the, the order 
it's just sat in limbo waiting for someone to flick the switch and go there you go but some well, high so, standards apparently are preventing it but the thing the thing for me here is if I'm the developer of Everspace 2 assume that's the one that's co- upcoming it's like yeah. yeah okay he's the 1080p um, version we're not going to bother with the 4k 60 version because last time we just ended up sitting we don't put all this work in and time, literally time is money we paid people to make the, mm-hmm. make this game this um, update and it's just not got out to our customers so why am I going, I'm not going to put the effort in yeah. We're not going to spend our time focusing on that. Yeah. Which is what leads to then other games in the on the platform becoming a lower quality. So Stadia's high requirement, whatever that means, because I, I really don't know, because if, if you want any high requirements, well, 4K60 is a pretty damn high requirement already. Like, that's not... 4K60 frames per second is not easy to achieve. Mm-hmm. So if it's hitting that... I, I don't know what the issue is. Like, yeah. we saw again going back to Ark Survival Evolved. That game was an absolute disaster on launch. It was basically unplayable. The amount of frames dropped. It was lagging. It was jumping all over. The resolution was crap. And literally, we you could use the console. Our good friend Jem um, pointed mm-hmm. this yeah. out to us to fix the game ourselves. Like, it's, just, it's weird. I don't know. Again, and to just dig a little bit deeper, Richie, if you look at the Everspace Twitter account, Everspace 2, coming in 2022, PlayStation, Xbox. So that's a, that's a smaller title, probably not coming to the platform. And we kind of yeah. probably can see the reasons why. Regardless of sales, if this is how your production and pipeline is going for your, for your last entry, why, why waste your time? And again, it's just these problems compound themselves because somebody or a collection of people, or a role is not being fulfilled from Stadia's end. And it needs it needs fixing. It needs fixing, otherwise it's just going to sour the well. And again, there's nothing to stop these Everspace developers talking to more developers at GDC, or another public yeah. event, and then they go, oh, you've got a game out on Stadia, how have you found it? We're thinking of porting game X, Y over. And they go, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't bother. Don't waste your time. All right, mate, no worries. Let's focus on PlayStation and Switch or something, or Luna or Sale, sales else. went sales went high, and now 4K 60 version is just sat in hell. Yeah, certification Not limbo. Not worth um, your time, which yeah. isn't what isn't what you want. And it's these little things yeah. that hopefully the announcements at Google for Games Developer Summit, all the stuff that happens at GDC, all the work behind the scenes at Stadia.dev. We know they're working hard, but there's there's still gaps that clearly need addressing, and yeah. we just have to sit and report on it, Richie. Let's hope that stories like this, and this is like Robbie Rob has done this in a quite a very public way. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Google Stage is probably tagged in at some point for oh, the thread, if not several times. Um, yeah. Hopefully, this will go. Someone will go into work on Monday and go, Dave. Yeah, Everspace. What's going on there? Like, yeah. Impro- oh, oh yeah. I have, I haven't looked in that. That's been sat on my to do list for like the last few months. Like, yeah. Can you get to it, please? Story. <laughs> Sorry, sorry for calling Dave out. I don't know if there's a Dave who works there. I just picked a random name. It's, 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 Dave, uh, you, Dave. it's Dave from our World uh, World War Z thing where he kept Dave, hashtag Dave's down. That's yeah. how it is. Okay. Um, but that brings us to the an Sean end. Sean will save you. <laughs> no, he won't. Uh, he'll moonwalk past you in a gloating manner and take all the kills. Uh, seriously, go check out the World War Z uh, first look on the channel. Um, we did have an audience question uh, written in, which you just deleted on its move from the dock. Uh, PL 17 one of our members over in the Discord chat, of course. If you've got any questions for the show, write in. On Discord, we've got a special thread set aside just for this. Now, we were going to read out the question at the end of the show, 
However, yeah. Richie's deemed it that worthy of a question. St- we're going to actually expand it out into a whole side quest episode. Uh, so Richie, I of Chris. our Helix heroes out yeah. there, the amazing people who support the channel, as little as 99p, you get early access to content, stickers, badges, uh, a bottle of Stadios next to your name, just like Sarge, Simon and Steve have for supporting us for one whole year. And the many, many others you who do, you get this show up to six days early. So your question has been expanded into a side quest topic. Richie, give the people what they want. What are we talking about on this week's SideQuest show? So, uh, based on um, QBAPL17's um, comment, which I will read in full in SideQuest, we are talking, does Stadia come under unfair criticism? If we just give it some unfair criticism in that last story of the week, we'll get into it. Possibly. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> Let us know in the comments if you think our criticism of, was unfair. <laughs> Did we give it unfair criticism? It's, it's getting very meta, Richie. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like inception criticism. Grab your NFTs, we're going to the metaverse. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, no, of course, we're going somewhere far more important than that. We're going to Tom and Holly's amazing wedding. That's right. At the time this episode goes live, if you're listening to this on the Monday in your car, you're commuting to work, you're sat in the garden enjoying some sun, and you're looking forward to the Easter weekend coming up on the horizon, or maybe you're just chilling out and playing games and listening to our voices. Thank you very much for your support, but we'll be drunk right now. Uh, at the wedding indeed 8 o'clock in the morning you never know you never know what kind of wedding it's going to be but uh, I can't wait for it again head over to at Adaxis LP show him some love send him some gifts do all that magic that you wonderful people out there do and thank you very much for your continued support for us three gentlemen here we love talking video game news specifically Stadia and we can't wait to keep doing that in the weeks to come Uh, we'll be back this Thursday slash maybe Friday for another Stadia live stream right here on the channel so don't forget to keep it locked and check that one out. Uh, you can find me at CyberChris2077. You can find Richie. Find at RichieC89. Of course, Tom is at AdaxLP. The whole channel is at Helix Cloud Games. You can find us in our Discord, over on Facebook, on Twitter, across more socials. We do have a TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram, but we don't really use them. Uh, that's just showing our age, Richie. We're not part of the metaverse quite yet. Uh, we'll get the NFT sword, but we'll get there eventually. This has been episode 133 getting quite high of the sounds of stadia podcast have a great week everyone enjoy yourself and remember to play whatever makes you the happiest my name's been chris and i've been richie we've been here with cloud games goodbye